All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Footwork is brought to you by... The Talent Project is America's bridge to Europe for the elite few, providing opportunities for young American players that they can't get in the United States. We're looking for a few good men. Visit us at www.talentproject.com and see if you qualify. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Ine Jorna is a French professional footballer for Olympic Lyon, quite possibly the best team in the world. She played for Florida State in university before finding her way in semi-pro and then professional opportunities, while also representing the French national team. Her love for the game and trusting herself and her life's path have brought her to amazing heights. Enjoy. Ines Jorena, welcome to Footwork. Thank you. How is his pronunciation? pronunciation? Between one and ten. It's perfect. Okay, wow. Good job. Good job, Sean. That's too kind. (laughs) So we always like to start off. We always like to start off with our motto here, which is make your own path. Um, Pretty much kind of means, you know, what it sounds like to follow your own dreams and not held to the normal roots if they don't fulfill you. So what does making your own path mean to you and how do you feel like you've done that? Um, of course, uh, I think it's important to to make your own path. I also think, actually, I think it should be a mix between having models, examples, and within that, make your own path. So it's good to know like uh, where you want to go and uh, how you can do that how people um how people did that but then how you how are you going to do this with your personality with uh, what you can bring as a as an athlete because we're talking about sport here so what are your qualities where you want to go and how you're going to do this but of course you're making your own path but you can uh, you can use examples and i think it's good to Use examples and uh, then uh, become yourself an example. Love now to give the the listeners a bit of a background, a quick background before we dive deeper. Who are you? Where were you? And where are you going? <laughs> so as you said and uh, pronounced it very well, I'm uh, Ines Jorena. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, I'm from France. I'm um, I'm now more towards the end of my, my career than uh, than the beginning. And um, I'm just uh, playing for professional at the highest level uh, as I can uh, every day, uh, enjoying, embracing actually playing football every day. Like I try to realize how, how nice and cool this is and remember uh, the little kid playing and um, enjoying the fact that uh, it became a, a job and a, and a career for me. So yeah, I'm just trying to uh, take my career to the best, uh, to the best it can be, uh, enjoying the the years I have left playing. Yeah, makes sense, and I think it's a it's a good, very good time to be grateful with it all too. But you mentioned in the make your own path just about models, and I was I was wondering, I was curious if you had any role models growing up that you kind of could be in football, could be out of football that you know really helped to shape you as a person or as a player well that's that's the thing uh, i think uh, 
with me, that's what I was missing. I missed a, I missed a role model. I missed like a, an example. And I really did my, my own path. So um, uh, for women football, because I'm, I'm 31 years old right now, when I was a kid, I did not have an example of like, uh, especially in France, I don't, I don't know about in America, but in France, I had no idea about a woman being professional because it, it didn't exist back then. So now when we go as a team and uh, meet uh, little girls, um, I'm happy for them because I tell myself, they see us and they see what they can become. But me, I, di I didn't see anybody. I, I didn't know like uh, what I could become. I, growing up, I, I didn't know uh, I could be a professional. So, you know, in school, at least in France, they ask you what you want to what job you want to do later, what's your dream. And I didn't even dare writing a football player because for me, that was a, that was a men's business. But uh, now the little girls know that uh, it's also a, a women's thing. So I think that that's great. And I think it's what, that's my, not my regret, but what I missed as a, as a little kid. Now let's say on that you grew up in France. Um... How early did you begin to play football? And yes, you didn't maybe write it on, on you know, the school assignments. What do I want to be when I grow up? But did you have the dream or the idea that you would love to play professional football someday? As I tell you, not really, because it really did not uh, exist. Like I had, I didn't have the knowledge that it was a, it was a thing. So I couldn't even uh, dream about it, but the love of football made that uh, I kept playing and uh, because I was playing always playing at the at the highest level then it, it became something but I'm here right now I, where I am right now I couldn't dream about it when I was a when I was a kid footwork.club the official website for all things footwork is now live check out all footwork podcast content including episodes guest features and YouTube videos the Press, a section with written articles, interviews, and blogs from ourselves and guests. Game Time, updates about our season in Germany and what's going on behind the microphone. Want to go pro? Dedicated to helping soccer players follow their dreams with helpful info and our consultation sign-up. That's a free video call with us to connect and ask anything. And of course, the Footwork Shop. We got some of the best merch around as well as free PDF templates like a CV builder and much more. So join the club at footwork.club. And just speaking about now, I mean, you signed with Lyon this past year. Uh, I know it's been a tight race in the league so far for the first place, competitive Champions League. So how does it feel to be a part of this team? How has the season been? And how do you describe a club like Lyon? Um, it's great to be here. I'm, uh, I'm delighted to, to be here and to, um, to be in a club where... Um, women football is uh, is important because uh, even if uh, women are professional in many clubs today um, sometimes it's just um, I feel like it, it, there's just a team so that there's a team but then the the means are not there and the the facilities are not really good and, and everything but it's great to play for a top uh, European club the top European club I would say and uh, to have games every three days, to play in big stadiums in front of people. 
um, yeah to to feel to feel important for the club and for the for the supporters yeah and i mean just like you said i think leon is very known for its role in equality for women's football so i mean knowing other play uh, knowing other teams and playing at other teams knowing other players who have played at other teams how important do you feel like a club like leon is in that quest to open more doors for women's football globally um i think lyon has been a, a locomotive is, is that is that a word locomotive yeah uh, yeah for for women's football uh, for a, a very long time and uh, i think it still is and i think it's important that uh, it stays the same so to me lyon is the is a top club in the in the french league and it, it needs to be to stay as it is and every team wants to to become Lyon and that's uh, that's how um, women's football in France and everywhere um, becomes better because every team wants to reach uh, Lyon's level and try and fortunately uh, Lyon is still uh, ahead of, uh, of a lot of teams and, and I hope uh, Lyon stays uh, a locomotive for a some more years and how have you seen the game growing for women throughout your career uh now being a, a little bit in the latter part of your career um just seeing the growth in it obviously a long ways to go still but what areas do you feel like have really come a long way and have improved um i feel like the the players are better the players are improving uh whether whether we talk about football or like physicality, um, there are more good teams, more competitive teams. Uh, we can see it in the in the scores. The scores are getting tighter. The games are are harder to win every weekend. Um, but I I think the league could still could still do better. You know I think uh, uh, some leagues uh, abroad are going faster than uh, than in France and um, whether it's in the, the facilities or the organization and the, the work conditions and um, I think some countries are doing better and I think it's a, it's a shame because we have a, we have a, like very good players uh, in France we have everything to be one of the, the best uh, uh, countries in, in, the, in the world and I think the, the national team too obviously that's a, that's a subject should uh, should do better in like uh, big competitions and uh, should be like France could be on the top of the world. So as fans like Sean and I or just people listening to this podcast, what could we do? what could others do in order to kind of help grow the women's game even more? Um, I think you guys do, <laughs> I think you guys do enough and, uh, it's just, wh what I tell people is, uh, because sometimes you still hear like, uh, women's football, I don't like to watch women's football, it's too slow or whatever, it's too this and this, but I, I think, uh, when it comes to women's football, uh, people, people, uh, compare it too much to men's football. And uh, that's where that's where we lose it because of course if you watch a women's football you you're not gonna see the 
the exact same thing that you see when you watch a, a men's game and when you watch a women's food, woman game, you have to be ready to see something else. To it's just, it's just different. Well, it's football, but it's uh, like it's just played differently. So you can't, you're not gonna see uh, like we, we don't run as fast, we don't kick this long, but we do other great things, and uh, it's just it's just a uh, it's just a different game that you you could enjoy if you're ready to to enjoy it. It's a great perspective on it. Now, I want to rewind the clock 15 years ago when you were 15, 16, 17 years old. You were involved with the youth national team. And at the time, you were playing uh, for St. Maur in the second tier of French football. Now, mm -hmm. how was that like being involved at the highest level at the time with the national team uh, in France? And then what was the life like playing for a club in, in the second tier of French football at the time? Um. Well, to be honest, when uh, I was 14 and um, the president of the club actually came to my house to meet my dad, to meet me and my dad to like invite us to play for the team. And they were like, I was 14 and I was playing with the, with the boys at the time. And they were like, okay, you need to come to our club to play, to play second division, uh, to play women's second division. And I was like, uh, with uh, so it was to play with uh, adults. So I was like, uh, second division, are you sure? So yeah, it was it was crazy at the time to when they come get you and tell you that you're going to play with uh, adults in the in the second division at 14 years old. Uh, I honestly didn't uh, didn't really really believe it. So that's when um, that's when it it started, and then. Um, then yeah, called that with the youth national team, and yeah, that's how that's how I feel. Everything everything came it just because I didn't know where I was going. Everything like came to me, and uh, and then I just uh, adapt to to the level and the and the I don't know how to say in the um, exigence. No, that that's a French word. <laughs> it'll be good for all of our listeners to, to yes. open up the dictionary yeah but no we get how, what you're saying 100 percent. yeah yeah now how do you feel i feel like that there's there's almost a beauty in that uh you never had these really maybe at the time you never had goals really far ahead because you were just living in the present like for example you were 14 playing with the boys and this president comes along and says you're going to play with you know the adult women's team in the second division yeah. And you're kind of just living in the moment because you don't know what to expect. Because like you said, there was nothing to look for to see what's possible. Did you feel that that maybe benefited you because you just played freely when you got to the pitch? Yeah, of course. As I said earlier, it was just uh, just the love of the game. Just going out there and play and, uh, and um, get, to the, get to the level that was uh, needed. So yeah, it was... Uh, that's why I still uh, embrace it today. And I still leave things uh, that way today too. Do you feel like this time was very important for you in your development as a player in terms of what could be possible, you know, in the years to come? Mm. Well, I still had no idea when I was uh, <laughs> thinking that I could be a that I could be a professional player. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was just me, but I was just, uh, I don't know, I was just denying it, maybe. <laughs> no, so then, yeah. 
lacking a lacking example but one of the um i knew that uh football for women football was big in the u.s so um that's also why i wanted to i went to the u.s after in uh, the university that's what i was going to ask how did that kind of that idea come to go play and to go study in america was it just was it mostly from seeing like how the the football culture was and the opportunities there or was it a bit of just everything new experience new education well it was uh, mostly because i didn't know i i like i had no really um plan of what to do in france uh, after i graduated high school and so i needed to study i needed to play football and i knew I knew all of this was uh, just at once in the U.S. and I knew football, women's football was big in the U.S. So when the time you can go play football in America, study, learn English, all at the same time, I'm like, and have this uh, this life experience. So it's like, okay, I'm going for it. And you make the jump over the Atlantic to join Florida State University. What were your first reactions, maybe in preseason when you got there? In terms of the the culture, the style of the game, the differences between France and the U.S. in terms of the way football is played. Um, well, first the the American in general, like <laughs> it was just so welcoming. So it made me feel uh, not going to say at home right away, but it just made me feel very welcome and well right away. Then uh, what was the most impressive uh, was the facilities. It was, it was uh, incredible. My dad visited, he's a, he's a, he was a sport reporter, so he's seen like uh, facilities around the, around the world. And he, he told me what you guys have here is better than, uh, or is exactly the same as what they have in, uh, in Real Madrid, for example. Yeah. So yeah, just the feeling that you have a, everything you need to to perform and it's not just for for sports it's it's also true for the whole uh, the whole university the facilities are impressive but i don't even know where they get the money from it's uh, it's impressive i see there it's it's crazy <laughs> but it's it is exactly like you say and i think from sean and i living in europe for a bit and then, you know, meeting some players who have played in the U.S. or meeting some players who are thinking about playing in the U.S. It's always that idea of like these D1 schools legitimately have everything that a top club has. Yeah. And I think I think that is such a eye opening thing for someone to see is like just like how you explain it, like going there and seeing all these different grass pitches, seeing that there is two physios for a team there's the ice bath there's the fit there's everything really you could ever wish for it is professional without being professional exactly yeah yeah it's better than what i had uh, lived in france uh, before coming definitely and uh having uh three thousand people coming to see you for a home game was just incredible too and um yeah there was just this thing about about uh being an athlete of the of the university and being a woman that plays football it was just it just seems so cool for for other people you know when i was meeting people and i said i play for the soccer team it, i just felt uh 
not important, but I don't know, people just uh, enjoyed it, you know? Yeah. Did that maybe be begin to give you the feeling of, you know, maybe maybe playing professional football as a woman is possible? Because like you said, when you got to the U.S., yeah, you're in university, but it is like professional and you have people recognizing you and people coming to the games and appreciating you for being what you are versus in France, maybe at the time before you came, it was never like that. Exactly. Yeah, that's what, that's when it, uh, it kind of uh, started, yeah. When it started to give me some ideas. Love that. We're, so yeah. just in terms of making a big decision like that, I mean, leaving your home country to go to America, do you look back at it at the time of like the decision making? Were you afraid at all to take that jump? Um, not really. Not really. I was just, uh, I don't know. I'm like that. I'm not too scared of uh, traveling or leaving my family. Or it's my it's it's my character. So now to me, I just uh, I embraced it too. It was a uh, it was uh, an adventure and. Um, I can't, I didn't, um, I went to a soccer school in France from uh, 15 to 18. So I was uh, away from home during the week. So that was a start of like being away from mm. uh, from my family. But, um, but then yeah, they came to visit me a lot. Um, my sister first came with me so that I could, uh, I could adapt. So, and it, it was also my, my dad pushing me to, to go abroad and learn English and um, he's, he's always um, pushed us to do that kind of thing. So it's kind of like uh, in the family, you know. Mm -hmm. Did you did you know English beforehand? Uh, no, but I really wanted to. So it helped. I, I was good in school, but the um, English courses in France are not uh, are, are not so good. So how was that when you first got to uh, Florida? Did you, was it difficult to communicate and kind of adapt to the team? And I mean, also studying in English when you're maybe not so fluent and it also must be pretty difficult. Yeah, it's, it's true. After, after a month, I just went to school and uh, had all the classes. So I was really like, a, I like jumped into the the culture and the, and the language. So, um, well, at first, uh, not gonna lie, it was a bit a bit difficult to understand. Like if if you would just if it was a one on one conversation, um, I'd be right because uh, it's easier. But if I had to let's say talk to somebody on the phone, or if some teammates were like joking around and talking with with each other, uh, I was just lost. So it just took me a few months to become uh, at ease with like English and. And everything now looking back on that time do you have any memories that really stand out and kind of you know that you'll take with you forever um, very bad with my memory but it's just, it's just, <laughs> uh, it, it's just a whole you know it's just uh mm. it's just the whole um the whole three years that i can't really Take, of course, like I have a moment of, of life that come back and uh, yeah, I think we were just uh, in, we had no like worries. We were just enjoying our lives. So uh, no problems in the team. Uh, 
just playing some good football, traveling, not going to school so much because we would miss a lot of uh, yeah class yeah. traveling. And it was just it, it was the good life. Yeah, it was the good life. Good life yeah. and, and good football. So that's all that all I ask for. Um, and be before you did go back to France, was um, there any talks or the possibility that you could stay in the U.S. and play professional in the NWSL? Um, I had decided to go back to France because um, I felt uh, too far from home, and I I just uh, I was just homesick. So, well, not mm. homesick, but I I was missing home. So, so um, yeah, I wanted to go back and. Uh, play somewhere in the in division one and, How do you and then feel? you did go back sorry go ahead sean yeah you did go back and you wound up um signing for a, a club in the second division but you i read in an article that you took a bit back from the u.s in terms of um the mentality or maybe the effort and and not and being extremely disciplined was maybe something that you didn't have uh before you went to the u.s could you talk us through that yeah um well, yeah, I think um, um, being like a, a fighter and uh, like uh, have this uh, like fighting mentality and to be able to make efforts and repeat efforts and uh, um, and not like not being like lazy on the field and everything. I, I think it's something that uh, that you have to learn to like hurt yourself on the field. I think it could be something natural for our people, but for most of us, we have to to learn, it, and that's what I learned in the U.S. I I learned to one of the things I learned thanks to thanks to the uh, athletic trainers, but also also to the to the girls to their mentality because um, some have this mentality, and um, I I remember that um, I was playing a, a right back at the time, and um, we were like building an attack so we were like attacking and then um, the team won the ball back and they they, they countered us and uh so i'm like i'm like going back to like defend but not a not at a hundred percent you know and um our forward our number 10 is like going by going by and uh going by me super fast and uh going back to defend and i'm like I just realized that I could be going faster. I'm just not going faster just because I don't know it's, it was not just uh, that uh, urgent for me to go as fast. I don't, I don't know why. I just uh, and since that day, I'm like, she's not going to go by me anymore. Like I'm going going to be the one defending like before her. So every time after that, I was like sprinting back, and it was just I just had to realize it but I, I thought I was going 100% but I was not going 100% love that now we we hear a lot about the the fitness tests from foreigners especially when they when they're in college did you have any rough ones over those three years yeah I remember those they, they were tough but I don't regret any of them it's like good to again it's like good to feel this way if you don't feel this way in practice or in test to me you can't hurt yourself during the game so so they're they're good for for your mind and that's uh, how i i um learn to hurt myself and i think it's it's something um 
mandatory for an athlete to be able to hurt yourself. It's not always going to be comfy. Completely agree. And then in 2013, you did make a move to first division side, which is now Paris FC. And you stayed there for six seasons, making 106 appearances. Was this a matter of finding a place where you could grow and establish yourself back in France for staying uh, with them for six seasons is quite a long time? Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it was a club. Uh, I was uh, I grew up in Paris, so um, I was happy to be playing in my in my hometown, close to my hometown. And um, also it was a club where, where we could, uh, we were not uh, fully professional and we could uh, study uh, at the same time. So again, we go back to um, to not being fully professional and not uh, even believing that I that I can do it. So um, I kept on, uh, so I went back from Florida State where I had a degree. And when I came back to France, I kept on wanting uh, studying because I still didn't uh, like didn't think uh, or like didn't realize I could be like fully professional and be focusing just on that. So to me, I wanted another, I wanted a French degree. So I went to play for this club, which was really high level, but also um, would uh, allow you to do your studies on the side. So I, I studied um, for four years and played to in this club for, for six. So when I, when I became professional at uh, Midtime in this within the same club, and so midtime during that same club was that very when it became full time was it tough to balance the two? Um, I would say a little bit, but I was used to it, and also in the league at the time, um, most of the players weren't uh, fully professional either, so they were. So it was kind of like what was done. And as I said, I was used to it. But now when I look back, I, I don't think I could do it anymore. Like today, I, was, I don't see myself waking up at 6 in the morning, at 6 uh, 30 in the morning, go study, then drive one hour to go practice. It's, with what we do today, it's like no Crazy. way. I could do it. Yeah. No way. Yeah. I'm, I'm also getting older. So yeah. <laughs> when you're young, Absolutely. Exactly. And how was that balancing the ego and expectations going from Florida State, which had, you know, the best facilities in the world compared to the best clubs in the world, to then going to France and playing part time? And I would imagine the facilities were nothing like what you had when you were at university. Um, yeah, it's true. It's true. And uh, it's often the, the mistake that we make, even here today is that uh, because we we do women football and uh, we've been used to to have nothing or or few things we often uh settle with what we have we're like oh that's pretty good like that's that's just enough and but we need to keep wanting more we need to to keep wanting to play in the best facilities and uh, have the best uh, the best means so so I think at the time I was I was just happy with uh, with what I had and it was just enough and uh, today I try to to like fight more for what we deserve and 
um, have the best facilities um, possible. When it switched to full time, did did that was that when it switched for you? Like, okay, like I can be a pro now. I can do this full time. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's it. Just came when it came, so there was no <laughs> thoughts before. Okay, exactly. <laughs> Very cool. So what, what changed for you in that time then? I mean, did you take it more seriously? Were you putting more into it or was it kind of just the same with a, a different title? No, I did take it more seriously. So in the, in the invisible training, as we say, like mm. eat better, sleep more, um, rest more, uh, not see as much uh, people not travel as much uh, yeah just because i i had a professional contract i just um was important to me to behave even more as a as a professional athlete and uh realized that uh, my life was actually based uh, based around football based on soccer and speaking of that, you were involved with the national team uh, throughout the youth, and then you did make appearances for the senior team. How did it feel to represent something so big, representing your country? Yeah, that's something. That's uh, something big. Yeah, that's. Uh, it, it's just uh, it's great. Unfortunately, it did, didn't happen uh, more than uh, than I uh, could have wished for me, but um, it's. Uh, yeah, that's one of the of the goal also when you do um women uh women football to represent your country and uh, yeah that's to me that's the the biggest um the biggest with and also playing uh in a, a club big like Lyon it's like the the best thing that can happen to you when you're mm-hmm. when you play football. I'm wondering if you could touch on maybe this difficulty of not always being called in and you know i think from your stats there was some times where you made appearances and like or called into the camp 2017 or 2018 and then not again until 2021 i was just wondering what that process is like mentally to not always be a part of it and then to come in um and have to uh be ready um yeah it's difficult because uh, some, like uh, the last time I was called back, uh, I didn't really expect it because I, I, I wasn't playing better than I was playing usually, or I was. Um, so when you're not really like, when you're not called often, and when uh, you you don't feel as um, uh, as a concern as uh, when you're called sometimes or from time to time but um yeah it can it can be frustrating sometimes to see like that uh, um player you play with uh, go to the national team sometimes you can be wondering well uh why not me what could i do better or um i, I feel like i'm doing good lately sometimes you're just not doing good not doing good and you're like I don't I don't deserve to go anyway but yeah to me um it's not uh, it's not secondary but if I get cold I get cold and uh if I just try to do my best and then sometimes they're just so it also depends to 
of the coaches. Sometimes you just mm. don't uh, don't fit to what the coaches want, and you just have to to accept it. But it doesn't uh, affect uh, how I do on my uh, for my club team, which is uh, the daily daily matter and the most important. Yeah. <clears throat> like you said, it's a game of opinions, and sometimes a coach simply likes another player the way they the way they play more than yourself. But at the time, of course, looking back, it's easy to understand this. But at the time, did you realize that it's just his uh, the coach's opinion, and and maybe even I'm not playing poorly. He just wants a player over me for whatever reason. Um, well, yeah, you the only choice anyway is to is to understand it because uh, you, you you don't have a choice. But um, at, at a time in in Bordeaux, it was a, a bit difficult because. Uh, um, we were three number six, and we were playing with two, with two. And the one I was playing with was uh, going all the time and being captain and everything. And the other, the, the other one was uh, on the bench, so she she was not playing, and uh, she was she was called all the time. So the two were called all the, all the time, and I was not called, and I had like no, and I I felt like I was uh, performing pretty good. Not saying I was the best number six in the country country at all, but. Of course, you always like try to compare you to to who's going and stuff, and um, also from the fact that the other play, player was not playing. But then I tr always try to understand this player. This player is younger. Maybe she wants to form her, and uh, maybe she's the future. And um, yeah, but it. So you just have to accept it and keep on uh, performing. Because when you, if you don't perform anymore, then uh, you really have uh, no reason to be called. So yeah, just to accept it and uh, focus on your daily matter, which is the, the club. Speaking of Bordeaux, how did that move come about? And did you feel like it was just the right time to make a move from, from Paris? Yes, it, it was the, the right time to leave after after six years. Six years in a club is a, is a, is a good amount of time. So um, yeah, I wanted to go. Actually, um, the club, as I said, um, was uh, still allowing other players to do their studies, and I kind of felt like um, the club wanted to stay, like was going towards professional, but kind of wanted to stay like in between, like mm -hmm. semi pro and everything. We were like training more at night so that people could study, and I wanted like a more, more structured and more professional, like um, life to train in the morning to, um, and to, to be in a like um, professional club. So I moved to Bordeaux, which had, at the time had a really interesting uh, project, and um, I wasn't disappointed. Like we played for the third position behind. Uh, Lyon and uh, PSG, which you know are the the greatest in France, and it was um, we had a we had a pretty decent team and we played some good football, good atmosphere and in a professional club. So that was a good experience. Then after three years, unfortunately, the the um, owner changed and the um, the project uh, changed. The, the sport project changed so it was so, again yeah. time yeah, yeah. Exactly. 
And before we move on to that move to Lyon, um, at Bordeaux, you actually played with a former FSU alumni as well, Malia Berkeley, who we actually just had on. How was that to have, um, you know, not only an American, but also from the same university? Did you have a, a connection right away with her? Yeah, definitely. I just, uh, it's funny, I just wanted her to to feel good a little bit like uh, if my little cousin from uh, abroad was coming in the team and I, I had to make sure that she was uh, she was doing okay, she was enjoying it. And I actually, I knew she was coming before because uh, we had a, a Zoom meeting just like we're doing right now um, uh, with uh, her and, um, and our former coach that was... Uh, it, just to like take the temperature and she had like questions to ask me and about how were things in France. And yeah, since then I always try to make sure that, um, that she was uh, feeling good overseas. Like, um, like uh, FSU people did when I uh, was yeah. back then. So that was, that yeah. was important. Yeah returning the favor and it's funny it's funny how small the footballing world is but uh let's talk about that move to Lyon because we spoke about it before and what it means to play for a club but specifically moving in and then coming in as a right back after you've played midfield for most of your career so what was your mindset like when it comes to playing a different position on a new team yeah well I didn't really come here to be a right back I came here and, and they knew I could help as a as a right back so that was like part of the of the package of, of, of the deal mm-hmm. but it was uh, it was more to like help and like they knew I could um, I had played in this position but uh, yeah it, it was great as I said I still had a, a year of contract going with Bordeaux and uh, the project was not what it was. Um, Bordeaux is right now paying to not go down in the second division. And um, I'm, I'm 31 years old. As I said, I'm more towards the end of my career. Like I don't have uh, that many years of uh, playing. So I did, I did not want to be playing for, um, for this project. So um I looked for the opportunity to play for a better project and Lyon is actually a, a better project, a more, more ambitious project. So, so that is uh, the main thing for me is to be playing for um, ambitious projects this year and not be losing a, a year. So right now I'm, I'm gaining a year. I'm uh, playing with the, the best players in the world. Um, having games all the time and um, so to me that was the that was the most important moving to, how has you, to an ambitious team yeah and with that how has your motivation or ambition changed throughout the years uh, what do you mean sorry I so how throughout throughout your career from university to uh, playing semi-professional then the move to Bordeaux and now Lyon how is your motivation or ambition for in football itself changed throughout your career? Um, well, I'm just, uh, I'm just seeing that uh, wherever I go and uh, with the level 
uh, rising every time. I I manage to like adapt and um, and I do I do what I do. I I play football and I I manage to to raise my level. So I want to be as high as my uh, level uh, permits me. And if it's uh, if it's Lyon, it's Lyon. And if it's uh, there's no higher, but if it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if it's higher, it's higher. It but, yeah, yeah, just as I said, just. Uh, embracing every day playing but also i i like to play for like as high as i can play so i'm always looking to um challenge myself too we spoke a little bit about it before just this idea of of staying present and kind of just um maybe not worrying about the future so much but just attacking things when they come just wondering how important this is for you even now and how you kind of use this in your everyday life? Well, I, I do always tell myself something is that um, I trust life and I trust where life is uh, is taking me. And I, I really have this uh, positive state of mind. Well, sometimes, of course, you have, uh, you have down moments, but in down moments, I'm always um, capable to tell myself, um, this is going to get better. Like, it's always going to get better. So I'm yeah, always in this, um, in this positive mind. Has there ever been a time mentally where you've kind of gone through a hurdle and then maybe didn't handle it the way that you would have handled it now? Mm, not really. No. That's good though. You've, you've had this, <laughs> you've had this mindset for, for a long time. It seems like it's kind of been, imprinted in you and how you approach the world really yeah I, yeah i feel like um trusting life always takes you back to a to a good um to good situations mm -hmm. and a good medium definitely so reflecting on the journey so far what things would you say helped you to get to this moment in your career so i guess in other words why did you make it as a professional footballer um definitely the the love of football like i i just love playing i just love watching football it's like it's always been it and it's it will uh it will always be and um yeah i, I think i'm here because i i love football so much if i if i just liked it okay i would have stopped a long time ago Brilliant. And and that will take you, I mean, it's taking you to the, to the highest peak of the game at Lyon. Like you said, there doesn't get much higher than that. There is no higher. Yeah. No. <laughs> Good. And with that, we could jump into the fast beat round, a few quick fire questions and, and we'll wrap it up. So your favorite player growing up. Um, favorite player growing up. Uh, I have to go with Zidane. Not only because he's French, but because it's just, uh, <laughs> he's just, it helps maybe. Born. He's just pretty to to watch. Like, uh, yeah. it's just beautiful to watch him play. Um, I also like Ronaldo, the striker. I thought he was really impressive. But I would say my favorite, and probably because it was just the age when I watched him a lot play, and he was uh, he signed in PSG at the time. You know who I'm gonna say? <laughs> uh, Ronaldinho. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah of course, but yeah. sometimes I forget that he had those those yeah, years that at PSG. PSG. Yeah. But yeah, of course. Yeah, it was just so fun to watch. Mm. 
speak about someone who had love for the game i mean is there more than ronaldinho yeah that's it just happy to be just happy you know happy Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely favorite moment for you in football um i would say qualifying with um with bordeaux for the for the run of champions league even though we we lost um to to Wolfsburg. but um yeah i would say that moment mm-hmm. we also won the unite with the french national team united we watched we won the um european uh, championship but yeah that was a long time ago the most recent was uh this one and that was the, the most appreciable most difficult moment in football um well, it has to, it's the same memory, actually. It's when we lost to PK to Wolfsburg and we didn't make it to the to the group stage with uh, with Bordeaux. Highs and lows of one of one game. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Best advice you ever received? Mm. That I don't know, honestly. I can't, can't remember of... Um, any good advice I received or someone that told me something that, you know, ch- like changed my career mm-hmm. or changed something. I can't remember. Maybe it's, maybe it's. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Favorite place you've lived? Um, in Bordeaux, actually. Bordeaux is a nice city. Um, not far from the ocean. And, um, Lyon is actually a nice city, but, um, um, I'm missing a bit, maybe the ocean and it snowed mm. today, so that uh... oh, that's different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes sense though. What about um, favorite place to travel? Um, I would say um, uh, going to my to my roots, so in Basque country in France, uh, southwest, where my dad is from and where my dad's family is, and um, Going to Martinique, where my mom's family is from, Caribbean island. I would say Basque country and Martinique. Love that. Best player you've ever played with and against? Best player I've played with going to have to be uh, the players I play with this year in Lyon. Love that. Fair <laughs> answer. Yeah. <laughs> And um, again, I, w- I was impressed by um, back when I played with Juvizi, uh, I was impressed by uh, um, Christiane when she was playing at her highest level. She's a Brazilian player. She's mm-hmm. really impressive, actually. Mm. If you weren't a footballer, what would you be? Um, I think I'd be, I'd be covering football. Uh, as, as, a ju- as a journalist? Yeah, so I'd probably be in Qatar right now commentating. Nice. Well, hey, maybe next World Cup. There (laughs) you go. In America. Or the Women's World Cup. Favorite book? Um, I don't read so much, but I I have a favorite author. He's a, he does comics. He he does comics books. He's Mm. he's French. His name is uh, Riyad Satouf and... um, 
Yeah, he just talks about um, uh, society, but in a in a funny way. So gotcha. Comic book. So I know you didn't. You can't think of any maybe life changing advice, but is there any quotes or mantras that you live by? Um. Uh, yeah. Well, as I said earlier, I trust life, and I I often say in French that uh, je fais confiance à la vie. I I trust life. Love that. Is that a, like a direct translation, or it's kind of? It's a. It's it's not close a, enough. It's not a saying. It's it's my saying. <laughs> gotcha. Love that though. I love it. I mean, that's great. I just from this episode, I can get a little bit of a picture about this and this trust in the life and. Um, it was really enjoyable for us to hear about your path and I'm, I'm really excited for people to hear. So we really want to thank you for coming on. No problem at all. It was uh, great speaking with you guys. Absolutely. Thank you. Good luck. Good luck in the Champions yes, good League. Luck. Good luck in all the games coming up and hopefully thank it doesn't you. snow too much in Lyon. Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we don't need the snow right now. <laughs> no, no, I'll no. see you there. So first, obviously, we have to give a shout out to Janice Kamen for putting that together uh, and and helping with the connection. And it was amazing for her to come on. I really enjoyed her story. And her outlook is is refreshing in terms of um, just it seems how she goes about or how she approaches things mentally. And this trusting life idea is uh, is a refreshing one. And just it's kind of how I see it. And I'm sure probably we could all take that phrase trusting life a little bit differently is just in terms of things are going to happen regardless, good things, bad things are going to happen. And once they happen, it's just about adapting and then going on to the next thing. So she wasn't so worried about going to Florida state because she knows like, you know, she's done things like this before and it's not so much of a worry. Maybe it's just, you know, the environment can change a little bit and that can be, a bit scary at first, but it wasn't so much or that, you know, making moves from different clubs didn't have so much fear or there wasn't so much regret or, you know, these kind of moments in her career because they just are, they just are the things that happened. And it's just about continually to, to just be really, to just be yeah. there in life, be present and just to adapt with good moments or bad moments as they come. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just controlling what you personally can control and everything else will come as it as it is. I mean, she kind of said that, like, you know, it. what happens will happen and you can control what you can. That's the only thing you can do. Like with the national team, if you keep playing well, maybe you don't get called in. Maybe you do. If you play mm -hmm. poorly, you will definitely not get called in. Mm -hmm. So the only thing you can do in this case is is do your best and of course, like, like it was a weird situation where, you know, one girl that's playing next to her is in, but the girl that's behind her on the bench is also getting in. Of course, that leaves you in a weird limbo space of this doesn't make any sense, but there's it's a game of opinions. There's things in the background that go on. Maybe she was younger and they wanted to groom her into the position. Maybe there's some other political stuff in the background, but regardless, you can't let that <clears throat> affect your performance with the club because ultimately, if you do that, you have no chance of, of ever making it again. And to also in terms of just mentally, there's, you know, that doesn't help you at all if you just worry about it or complain because it's not going to help your situation. 
So yeah. just controlling what you do and doing your best is, is is the only thing and the best thing you can do for yourself. Trust in life, man. Trust in the road. Trust in the path. Trust in the process. It's all about this trust. You got to learn the French phrase. Yeah, I, I might have to Sounds slow nice, that down you know? a few times. Do like 0.25 yeah. on the, the listen back <laughs> on this one. Um, just to nail that one down. That's a, I, I like yeah. that. Um, yeah, before we go, just on, on, the, on the aspect of women's soccer that we brought up a little bit in the beginning and at the end, and we talked a little bit off camera with her. Um, just this idea that, you know, being satisfied with where it's at because we can all agree women's football has come a long way but that's that's great but that doesn't mean everything and there's always more we can be doing there's always more footwork podcasts can be doing to help grow the game as it should be grown and um we encourage all that listening all that listen all of those who are listening sorry um to do the same and look for ways that they can help grow the game as well for for everyone who deserves it really yeah, I mean, and just general life advice, you know, like that phrase, good enough, like, it's not really a great, it's not really great in any situation, you know, because no. if you just settle for what is, you know, say, ah, it's good enough, that also means there's so much room for improvement. Mm -hmm. And I think, yeah, good that, enough is like, idea, it's literally just almost getting to the bar, really, you know what right, I mean? Right, trying to raise right. the bar at every, exactly. at every moment. So exactly amazing things look what we took away from that episode amazing things um really looking forward to seeing you know leon and her and janice and how far they can go with in the champions league and in the league um they're one point off the top right now in the league and um yeah i can't wait to see where they go and and where the rest of her career takes her uh obviously she's been around for a little bit but i i can imagine with the love for the game like that she'll be around for a lot more in playing and then also in journalism hopefully so yeah thank you to her thank you to all you guys who helped make the first merch launch successful um maybe there's a few more left we'll see but um really i guess a merry christmas and a happy holidays to all those out there yeah very punctual exactly very punctual absolutely and, and and with that you know keep plugging and passing as we always say that free support really does help subscribe on youtube Give us five-star reviews, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. It does make a difference, and we appreciate mm -hmm. it. And if you thought 2022 was a big year for footwork, just wait for 2023. Just wait, just wait on it. But we'll we'll hold off on talking more about that. Yeah. So until next time. Keep moving forward. Keep learning. And make your own path. Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands to make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos those are great but more importantly amazing content for any dream chasers out there plug plug pass tell your friends your enemies your mother your brother your sister your pastor it doesn't matter who tell the mailman your dog anybody that can listen like subscribe review because all of that helps while you're there we'll take whatever we can get to join the club join the club he messed yeah. me up i mean he can just he can just mash it together so it's fine <laughs> <laughs>